It's time to look to week 10 in the NBA, starting with Christmas Day on Monday. Let's preview the week, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I have more game than Santa. I have more than three hoes. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. BA Double Banger. The DB Club. Jump in and watch the video, listen to the audio, do it in reverse order, whatever. Do it multiple times, that's cool. And if you are here, hit subscribe, hit the thumbs up button as well. This may or may not be the last show that I do before Christmas. So let me just quickly say to everybody who celebrates Christmas, have a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the time, if it applies, away from your family, whatever it is that's good for you. Just hope that you have the ability to have a good celebration, the end of the year coming up, and that everything for you has gone as well as it could have this season or this year, and um, everything is going to be better. Hopefully, next season, we always look to improve and strive to do things. Now, in saying that, there's 13 games on, on Saturday in the NBA, so I, I don't know. I'm not really sure what my plans are for this afternoon with your know, family and Christmas and stuff coming up. It is Christmas Eve here in Australia. So I may do a recap show. Um, I know you guys are going to want me to do it. If you want to show me how much you want to do it, you can drop it in the comments. Shout out Algorithm. I, 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 I just don't know. I might be back. I'm not sure. So just be aware. It might come. It might not. That is what she said. All right. We are going to look at week 10 in the NBA. It's a relatively normal schedule. In fact, it's as close to normal as we've had probably in weeks. It's not as highly loaded as week eight was. We don't we don't have a situation where there's one day without games. So we're sort of back to normal. So how does the week look? Well, we've got... Well, actually, what isn't normal this week coming up is we have multiple days with early starts. So we've got obviously the Christmas Day games that start early. We know that. That's a 4 a.m. start for us here in Australia. So obviously... Very, very, um, very, very early. So we've got that. And then I think it's on the weekend. We've got a couple of early starts cracking on as well. Yeah, Saturday, there is a 5 p.m. Eastern start. And Sunday, there is a 3 p.m. Eastern um, start. So there you go. That's how the schedule plays out there. Christmas, we've got five games on on Monday. Tuesday, we've got nine. Wednesday, six. Thursday, eight. Friday, 10. Saturday, six. And Sunday, six. So, honestly, a great week. No stupid two-game days. No 13-game days. The only day that you'd... And again, I have to have some sort of set cutoff. And I use nine games as my streaming cutoff. The only one that goes over that is Friday with 10. And a lot of you will be able to stream on Friday with 10 games. So, you might actually be able to attack the entire week in terms of streaming. It's going to be great for me doing recap shows. We're have these two-gamers. We've got perfect numbers. NBA, if you're listening, and I know that you definitely aren't, but if you are... Do this every week. This is the perfect way. I hate these. I know I've gone on about it before, but the 13 game days are ridiculous. It hurts your product. There's just too much stuff going on and people can't actually tune in and watch it. 
and they become oblivious to things that are going on around the league. But anyway, for us, for fantasy this week, this is the GOAT. This is exactly what we need. Um, it's great. I love it. Um, in terms of how the schedule plays out for us, we are in a week where it's not bulk four game. Oh, it is, sorry, it is quite a lot of four game um, four game teams. I'll show you who they are now. We have got um, twelve, yeah, twelve teams that are playing four games for the week. So that is um, that is that. It's Brooklyn, Boston, Dallas, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, and the Knicks, the Thunder, Magic, Sixers, Suns, Spurs, and Wizards. So twelve teams playing four games. We have got 16 teams that play three games and two teams that play two games for the week. The three-game teams, Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Golden State, Houston, Indiana, Miami, Milwaukee, Minnesota, the Pelicans, the Blazers, the Kings, the Raptors, and the Jazz. Like every week, the game volume is important, and it's usually equivalently important as to when those games are played. That was doubly the case in week nine. This week, it's not quite as important. Using the right players at the right time for head-to-head daily changes leagues, which again, is the vast majority of you, whether that's categories or points, that is still as important. But the volume of it is relatively well spread and we don't have these ups and downs days where schedules can be significantly impacted. The two two-game teams are Cleveland and Clippers, and they've actually got the worst two-game schedule that you could think of because they have the, of their two games, one of both of their two games is on the Friday with 10 days, 10 games on. And you run into a situation where sometimes if it's a two-game week and there's some weird schedules up and downs, you might have a two-game team, like happened last week with the Suns, where they played two games and they are both quality games. And some of the four-game teams and three-game teams played fewer than that. So the two-game week was actually fine. This week, it's not as good. So any of your fringe Cavs, a Craig Porter, a Sam Merrill, if you're going to go down the Isaac Okoro path or in the Clippers, maybe it's a Zubats. Probably isn't a Zubats, but it's a Norman Powell. It's a um, Russell Westbrook. Hmm. What are you doing with him? They've only got one game where it's a definite, definite day you will use those players. And then on the 10-game Friday, you might not. And that's just going to, um, it's going to clog up your overall fantasy roster in that scenario. So that is, it is important to... Um, Understand that this is, again, every week is always different and understand the nuances of the week is important for having success in fantasy. All right, let us go through the next part here. We've got quality game watch. There are two teams that play four quality games. All right, that's great. We love the teams with the big quality games. It's the Lakers and it's the Mavericks. Now, the Mavericks are in a really interesting spot because of all the injuries. So those fringe Mavericks players, Dante Exum, if he plays, uh, Derek Jones, um, Dwight Powell, but not really Dwight Powell, but, you know, the um, Tim Hardaways, the Jaden Hardy field goal missing extravaganza, any of that sort of stuff with four quality games on does improve their value in terms of streaming. And then there's the Lakers, who are going to make a lineup change. Talked about this on Basketball Monster yesterday when I heard the rumor that D'Angelo Russell was going to get benched. It looks like Russell's going to get benched for um, Jared Vanderbilt. But I honestly, I don't understand what Darvin Ham's doing for a number of reasons. This will just let me soliloquize on this, because I don't know if I'll talk about it later today. 
I've got no problem benching D'Angelo Russell. Part of the reason in the um, in the preseason when we were drafting Russell and when they signed and gave Vincent, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think Russell's going to lose minutes here because he's worse than Reeves and Vincent will cut into his playing time. I'm not that super high on him. And he started out the season red hot and now he's going to the bench. But it makes no sense to me to play D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves off the bench together. Why does that make any sense? If you're going to bench Russell, surely Reeves should start. Not we're benching him so Jared Vanderbilt can start. Like what is what's the purpose of that to play Torian Prince at the two and LeBron at the one? Like what the hell lineup is this? LeBron, Reddish, Prince, Davis, and Vanderbilt. That feels yuck. Like where is the shooting in that lineup? Again, I am talking before their game on Saturday, but that doesn't make bench Russell. That lineup makes no sense. None. I don't get it. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand why. And David Ham's like, we're going to keep Austin Reeves fresh. We're going to play him 27 to 29 minutes. Cool, but you're going to play 40-year-old LeBron 36 minutes and not keep him fresh? Nothing about what is happening with those lineups. And they are struggling at the moment. None of it makes sense. That this change makes less sense than the original lineup. So I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, so that's, it might open up some stuff for us with the Lakers if they're going to do whatever this is. Don't add Vanderbilt, by the way. Vanderbilt would need to be in a much better situation. Like, he'll become more streamable. But he's only playing 14 minutes a night at the moment. I think that'll go up if he starts. But he's not going to be a must-add player, especially in points leagues. Categories you can get away with for certain things. He's a nice steals guy. He rebounds well. Good field goals. But that's really very specialist sort of stuff. And I don't think he's going to play big minutes because, again, that lineup has no spacing. It's not going to work for big periods of time, I don't think. Anyway, anyway, enough of that. The two teams that have one quality game are the two two-game teams, the Cavs and the Clippers, like I talked about. And there's an even spread. Everyone else, obviously, with only one high-volume day during the week, everyone else just has one game fewer, at least, than their um, overall games played total. There are a few three-game teams that don't have that Friday situation. So the Pelicans have got the three qualities. Utah, Minnesota, Chicago, Miami, Golden State, Detroit, and Indiana. A lot of them, actually, play all three of their games on days that aren't Friday. So the value of them is similar to a lot of the four-game teams. Be aware of that. And then the difference between, say, that team, that one of those three-game teams versus a Clippers and a Cavs guy is two extra quality games, and that does become um, very much important during the week. So let's look at the stream zone. What are we doing here? I probably need like a washed watch type graphic for the stream zone. Again, trying to like farm algorithmic comments here. What would be your idea? Like all you visionary designers out there. And I know there's definitely a lot of you who are like product designers and graphic designers. What would you do for like a, I've got ideas. It involves a lot of wet sounds. What would you do? What would you do for a stream zone graphic transition thing? I want to get some ideas. Let's crowdsource some stuff. Also, by the way, speaking of stuff that is nothing to do with this show, I am going to be offering, I don't know how best to phrase this because this is sort of a half-baked idea that's coming out of my head now that I've been sort of thinking about. I'm going to offer a sort of mini internship. It's not really an internship. It's sort of I need a research assistant for one, one or two days a week is what I'm going to be looking to get employ someone to do. So keep an eye out. I will post the information for that on Twitter, and I'll probably post it in the description of one of these shows, not this one, because I haven't filled, sorted out what I'm doing in terms of applications, but be aware, I will be doing something along the lines. It's only a small amount of work, but some sort of research assistant to help me out with the shows for the rest of this season. So just be aware that I will be looking to like a sort of, it's not really an internship, but something along those lines. Be aware. That's coming up. Stream zone, wet time. 
It is a heavy streaming week. We can stream every day pretty much, except for Friday. And even in a lot of cases, you will be able to stream on Friday. I guess in certain leagues where you've got a heavier bench to starter ratio, that the, the nine game days aren't going to be as interesting. So Tuesday with nine games might be a little bit harder, but I'm using this standard 10-3, 10-4 starter bench splits. Tuesday, Wednesday, um, if we're looking for back-to-back, obviously there's the Monday, Christmas Day, five games on. No one plays Christmas to Boxing Day, Monday to Tuesday, back-to-back. So we can't say, let's attack the Christmas team. That sounds, yeah, anti-Santa. We can't attack that team and then go, we'll get the early back-to-back. So you can stream in Monday on Christmas, then you can get the Tuesday, Wednesday, hit that one. We'll talk about who's got those games later on. And then you can go with either the Thursday, Friday, if you think you'll have space on the Friday. That's a good way to get four games. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, out of two ads. Or if your Friday is full up, you use the Thursday, Saturday combination to get another ad in. If you are able to use Friday, you can go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday with a Lakers player at the end of the week to get that Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. So that's six games, three ads. That's That's what we're looking to do with streaming usually. How many games can I get in? How many pluses can I get in? Three ads? I want to be able to be plus three, ideally. So three games, three ads, six games. You might not be able to do it. Like if you can't, if your Friday is full, you might be able to do one here for two games, Tuesday, Wednesday, you get one game, one ad for two games. And then you do another one for Thursday, Saturday. So that's two ads, four games. And then like you'd add another one for Sunday and you could add one at the start of the week on Monday. Again, always trying to prioritize holding one roster spot or one ad towards the end of the week, just in case something pops up like, haven't mentioned it, we're 13 minutes in. We did talk about it literally a week ago on last Saturday, talking about, hey, maybe if you want to stream someone in for field goal percentage, again, a bit of a long shot. I said, try Trace Jackson Davis. He might be interesting there. Then as soon as I said that, he went bananas, and he is very clearly a must-roster player. We've already said that during the week. He went off my waiver wire earlier this week. I assume he's gone off most of yours. But if he hasn't, you add him. But that's why we want to make sure we're trying to maximize games played per ad so that we can hold our ads if we've got a limit on them when those weird things happen, injuries happen, suspensions happen, whatever it is. And you might hear this mentioned in a lot of different places through fantasies that all of the big guys or the big gainers off the waiver wire are done. All the value is settled in. You're not going to find this great option on the waiver wire. I actually disagree. And I said, there's also people who are like, well, Josh, another thing, just again, we're, we're tangenting here. This is great tangent time. In Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl, your league is too deep. The benches are too deep. Nothing you can do off the waiver wire. I think that's completely false. And I think when I go through at the end of the season and look through all the waiver moves, the amount of players that weren't drafted in that league, that were found on waivers, who ended up being very useful, is going to be very high. It's going to be really high. And it's it's you've got to be smarter, obviously, because there's the ability to stash guys and how you do it. But... It's to say that once you go 200 deep in a draft, that the waiver wire has nothing is just blatantly false, I believe. It leads you to less like mistake decisions on like, who do I drop this 130th best player versus this 131st best player, which can lead to mistakes, which is not something I love. But the deeper format still allows a lot of waiver ads and waiver moves to come through. So again, two different side points complete there. Don't think that you're never going to get someone good off the waiver wire anymore. Injuries are the big thing here, or even like weird rotation changes, or tanking, or trades. Someone's, something's going to come up. It's going to happen in Detroit. It's going to happen in Portland. It's going to happen in Washington, maybe. Who knows? There are going to be things that pop up, 
at some point. And one of those ones I'm thinking of at the moment, again, this is not schedule related, but I might as well just talk to you guys. Merry Christmas. The Spurs, all right, they're running this lineup. They said they abandoned the Sohan at point guard um, configuration. He went to the bench for one game. He's back starting with no point guard. So I guess he's still the point guard. I just think at some point now, it's getting to this situation where it's becoming like they're not fully investing in Sohan as the point guard. So maybe they do at some point put Trey Jones there. I don't know they do. And I don't think they think he's a starter. I don't think he's a starter. I don't think he's got upside as a starter. None of those things are true to me. But I also know that whatever's happening now, it's not working. And there's no clear, we are developing this guy in this role situation, which makes me think that they not know what they're doing. They don't know what's happening. And it's why I'm like not ranking Poply, Pop as highly in um, coaching rankings because I'm not sure they know what the plan is. So I think, hmm, I don't know when, but I wouldn't be surprised January 1st if we get a switch in that lineup and Trey moves up. I'm not saying that we need to add him. I'm just, it's just something that is sort of popped into my head. It's how my head works. It's a messy area. You don't want to be in there. Um, let's look at some schedule quirks. There are seven teams in week 10 who do not play on the weekend. That is a lot. We don't usually get that amount. And what that brings us to is a situation knowing that Friday is the 10-game day, which is unlikely to be a streaming day, not a quality game day. If you don't know what a quality game is, leave a question in the comments and somebody else go and answer it. I have explained this millions of times, but if you're a new listener, I love you. Thank you for joining in and watching the show. Someone else can explain what it is um, because it is important to know what it is. I th- I hopefully, you get the point of what it is. I could just say it. Maybe I'm just farming comments. And I'm like, a quality game is just a game that is played on a day with nine or fewer games on. It means it's a good day that you can actually add them into your active lineup. That's all it means. Anyway, there are seven teams who don't play on the weekend. Meaning that with Friday being a 10-game day, there's going to be a lot of teams that don't have a quality game Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Meaning that if you've got fringe players from those teams, holding them the whole week doesn't make any sense. We look at Houston, Milwaukee, and Cleveland. The last quality game that those three teams have is Wednesday. So if you cut bait on fringe players from those teams, Leaky Beasley, Isaac Okoro, Craig Porter, Sam Merrill. Um, In Houston, probably not Tari this season. Probably not. But Dylan Brooks, maybe Jalen Green. If you cut them after Wednesday, you've got Thursday, maybe like Thursday, let's say Thursday, Saturday, Sunday streaming ability. Um, the Clippers, their last and only quality game happens on Tuesday or Tuesday. Right? That's the last quality game they have. So if you've got Norman Powell or Terrence Mann or um, Russell Westbrook and they play on Tuesday, you probably won't use them the rest of the week. So that roster spot burns for five consecutive days. And that, is when we welcome in Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Um, I don't know. That Thursday, Friday is not supposed to be there. That's just an error in production. I'm overworked, see? Um, let's look at the three games in four nights situations. These are useful if you want to get little chunks of action in and to see when there might be risks of downturn in production because of fatigue or rest because of back-to-back. Obviously, nobody plays on Sunday, so we can't start from Sunday through Wednesday, so we start Monday 
uh, Monday through Thursday for the first three and four, and it's Dallas, who, of course, are banged the shit up. We don't know whether Kyrie or Josh Green or any of these guys are available. In fact, if I look, I don't even actually know whether they're playing in today's action. So I probably should go and have a look at that uh, before I start talking. Let's have a look. Um, Let's see, Dallas Mavericks game on Saturday. There's just too many games on. NBA, fix this. Where the hell is that game? Oh, Luca and Exum are both playing, guys. So that was just a back-to-back rest. So we don't know whether Green, Irving, and Lively are playing next week. But you would think with three games in four nights, they are going to miss some of that time. Tuesday through Friday, we've got a lot of teams with three games in four nights. Brooklyn, Charlotte, Houston, Memphis, OKC, Orlando, Portland, San Antonio, and Washington have got three games in four nights, Tuesday through Friday. Wednesday through Saturday, you'll see Dallas again, jam-packed schedule. Dallas, the Knicks, the Sixers, and the Raptors go Wednesday through Saturday, three and four. And then to finish the week out, it's Boston, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs go Thursday through Sunday. What is important to know with that Thursday through Sunday, three and four, is that only one of those four teams, the Lakers, plays the three quality games. They go Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Everybody else plays on the higher volume Friday, limiting those quality game outputs. Again, so they're all three and four nights, but the Lakers three and four trumps the other three teams. It's always about when and when, uh, how many and when, quantity and quality. Yeah, there you go. Who's got the four and sixes? Well, of course, we already know it's Dallas with a jam-packed early schedule. They play four and six between Monday to Saturday. The Knicks and the Sixers also have that schedule. And with the Bede's ankle a bit banged up, we want to have a look at Paul Reed. They also signed Snack Randolph. Kenny Lofton, no, he's not good. He's not. He's a great G League player, and that is it. I worry more about Marcus Morris playing over Paul Reed than I do about Kenny Lofton, but I don't know. I don't know. The next four and six grouping is Tuesday through Sunday. There's quite a bit there to end the week. So Brooklyn, Memphis, the Thunder, the Magic, the Spurs, and the Wizards all play four games in the final six nights of this week. And if we're going to look at just like, again, how the load is building up on these teams, there is some worry here that Dallas, the Knicks, and the Sixers play five games in eight nights. Why this is important as well is that it leads into the start of next week. So a Mavericks guy, a Knicks guy. Oh, sorry, not Philadelphia. Phoenix is the last one. Dallas, the Knicks, and the Suns have five games in eight nights, including the Monday of week 11. There you go. So back-to-backs. It's quite a few of them. Not as many as there seem to be this week. Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, there's no Monday, Tuesday. We know that. No Christmas. Back-to-back. Tuesday, Wednesday, it's Brooklyn, Houston, the Thunder, the Magic, and the Wizards. Back-to-back rest risks there. Not much unless Markel Fultz returns for the Magic. Otherwise, or Gallinari, of course, for the Wizards. Not much else going on. Wednesday, Thursday is the Mavericks. That's the key one. Um, If Irving is back, he'll sit, I'm guessing. Lively might sit. There's Lucas load again with a huge week building up here with his five-game in eight-night, whatever it is, schedule. Does Luca risk sitting one of those two? It's possible. Uh, and then Thursday, Friday, again, Friday, the high-volume day. We've got Boston, Charlotte, Denver, Memphis, Portland, and Spurs with a back-to-back there. And then we go Thursday, Saturday, which is the pseudo back-to-back. So we're skipping Friday. So who plays Thursday and Saturday? The two quality days surrounding the big one. Um, and there's a lot. Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Warriors, Pacers, Lakers, Heat, Wolves, and Jazz play on that combo. Again, when we went back, if you've looked at the Tuesday-Wednesday teams, then you can transition to grabbing one of these teams to maximize your stream games for the week. 
Friday, Saturday, it's the Knicks, it's the Sixers and the Raptors who have that back-to-back there. You worry a little bit about Embiid and his ankle on that back-to-back, whether he sits one of those, so that's something to watch. And then lastly, across the weekend, there is one team that plays a back-to-back, and it is the Lakers. So we know that Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to be listed questionable in those games. I would suggest that given that it's the New Year's Eve on one of those games, is it possible that LeBron or Davis sits one of them? Maybe. Am I being cynical? Maybe. Am I being correct? Also, maybe. Um, but they've got just so many weird rotation pieces where there's a lot of guys who aren't good, but also a lot of guys who aren't bad. I mean, they all sort of cannibalize playing time and minutes, and it's all over the place, like Hachimura and Vanderbilt, uh, Reddish, and sometimes Hayes, and sometimes Wood, and sometimes Christie, and sometimes um, Russell now, sometimes Vincent. It's just too many of these guys that is hard. Prince, it's hard to sort of peg exactly where it's going to go and which direction it's going to end. If you're in a weekly changes league, these are players that are available in... Uh, over 55% of leagues who might be worthwhile grabbing and actually starting with the Suns guys. We're, all, we're looking at these guys. Now, Eric Gordon stunk in the game yesterday, but the opportunity is still there. I really like Grayson Allen more than Gordon at the moment. They've got four games next week. The Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso, it is always risky in a weekly format to put him in because he can always leave four minutes into a game and kill you, but I do like that. As much as I'm going to shit on Sohan, he hasn't been performing well with four games and a seeming commitment to starting for now. Go with it. Josh the Hitman Hart and Dante DiVincenzo for the Knicks. Four games. They are up and down. But over the course of a week with four games in, I think they play enough to make that make sense as a start or a grab and a start for the week. And lastly, we've got the two teams that play two games, the Cavs and the Clippers. So what do we do with the players on that team, on those teams? Do we start them? Donovan Mitchell's missed the last couple due to being ill. I don't think that's carrying over to next week. So I'd feel relatively confident about starting Mitchell with two games on. Jarrett Allen, I won't say I'm relative. I'm not saying I'm super confident in starting him, but I think I still would. With the majority of teams playing three games during the week and not four, the hit on a two-game week is not as big. So I think Jarrett Allen can be started. On the Clippers, it's very easy to start James Harden and Paul George. The risky one is Kawhi. He's now missed two straight with his hip issue. And if he misses one of the games next week, well, then you've got one game only. So they play Tuesday and Friday next week. So it's a little bit of time here for Kawhi to rest and get that right. I do think that he plays, but I don't know. So it does become risky. Let's wait a little bit until Monday at least, until the game start on Christmas. It's got to be early though, to figure out where we are with Kawhi. Obviously, if he's healthy, you play him. That one's not too controversial, I wouldn't have thought. And that is the end of this show. So again, in case I'm not back later on, let me wish you all a happy holidays, Christmas. Enjoy the time with or without your families, whatever whatever makes you happier. You do whatever that is. Um, thanks for being with me for the season. We'll do more you know, great stuff you know, for the year uh, around New Year's. And you know what to do. You, you double bang it. You subscribe. You thumbs up. You leave all those comments down below. And uh, thanks again. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.